Hi guys, my name is Aldas and welcome back to the Talking Points podcast. Look, okay, it's me, Tomo. I've been off for a while, I had a bit of COVID, but we're back again. It's me, it's Hayden. We're here to talk all about the Australian Grand Prix. It's been so long, it's been like over a thousand days since we were last there. So there's a lot to talk about. Welcome to everyone watching on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you choose to consume your pods and Hayden it was great to be back in Australia I I didn't realize I, I knew I missed it but I didn't realize how much I missed it to be honest going into this weekend it's such a cool vibe isn't it hmm. such a cool vibe to go to Australia and it was a good race I thought I thought it was actually a really enjoyable race there's a lot of people saying oh it's boring okay there wasn't a proper fight for the lead like we've seen I think we were spoiled maybe mm. in Bahrain and Saudi Arabia like we've had two really good races but I don't think this one was unenjoyable what do you think no I agree I, th- I think it's a matter of expectation isn't it if you're expecting mm. a barnstorming we were spoiled last year um we were you know these first two races were great I thought this was a solid race it wasn't anything yeah. exceptionally special we you know didn't have that battle for the lead but you got to remember there's more than one car there's more than two cars you know, in the field, just because Leclerc and Verstappen aren't fighting doesn't mean there isn't stuff going on. So I think there's a lot to talk about, Hayden. Um, But before we get into the race, I suppose, should we briefly cover off um, qualifying practice going into this weekend? Um, Because there were a few surprises through the field, right? Where, you know, you had McLaren, Alpine, seemingly stepping up out of nowhere. Like, what were your kind of biggest takeaways from qualifying? What were your biggest kind of surprises? Uh, definitely McLaren. I mean, I Mm. went into this weekend thinking it would be very similar to Saudi Arabia because it's the same sort of type of corners. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a fast circuit now with the, um, with the, you know, they've taken away that stupid chicane. So glad that they've done that. And it's now a lot faster and it's a lot, and it's a lot more flowing through the corners. They've sort of opened up the corners and it was a great onboard lap to see around Mm. the circuit. And maybe that just suited this McLaren a lot better. They are still playing themselves down. They're saying, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Maybe this is just a track that suits us. But hopefully, you know, they've sorted that fix. They've also not going to be going to uh, different races and then just adding little bits of uh, upgrades. They're going to wait because of the cost cap and do it in big chunks. So, again, don't expect massive improvements for them every single race. But it's very, very positive. And Alpine looked positive. Oh, well, I say Alpine. Alonso's side of the garage looked really good. Um, Ocon was just doing a solid job. Um, But Fernando Alonso was really performing. Was the pole position there? I think they would have uh, let themselves down a little bit in sector three. But the pace was very promising. I, I think for both, you know, McLaren and Alpine. And I think we'll see this over the course of the season because we're going to see other tracks with very different Mm -hmm. characteristics i'm fascinated to see like what we see go quick at monaco um you know mclaren lando was saying i know that he was saying only like 70 percent um hasn't really changed 70 to 80 percent hasn't really changed in the car it's just a few setup tweaks can make a world of difference and yeah Yeah. alonso was flying not a great day for either of the the spanish lads um unfortunately Mm -hmm. and that you know, it was very much the story of qualifying. Obviously, science, you know, just about missed out his lap. Then he only had one lap to warm up the tyres, ended up bottling his, his quick lap, started ninth. And yeah. unfortunately, neither were able to recover in the race. They were the two kind of, two of the biggest losers from the Australian Grand Prix. So I guess obviously to start, because the first lap was was pretty calm. 
um, Carlos falling through the field, though, back down to 14th. And then had his... I think he said afterwards that he just tried to lean too much too early onto that hard tyre that he was on, went for a different strategy and ended up sticking it in the gravel, mate. Not good. He did. He did. I think it was a silly decision from Ferrari to put him on the hards because if you just look at how solid Charles was around here, Mm. every single time there was that little mishap under the safety car where Max Verstappen almost, almost had a look at him. However... You know, he just looked comfortable throughout the whole race. And I feel like had they put him on the medium tyres, he could have could have worked his way back through the field, got into that P3 position, and there would have been less pressure on him. But, you know, you're on the hards. You've already dropped down, you know, I think he dropped down to like 15, dropped down mm. five positions. The panic's going to start setting in that, oh my God, I need to get back up here as soon as I possibly can. I yeah. need to take risk. I need to go for overtakes in corners that maybe you shouldn't be going for overtakes. And... Yeah, he uh, instead of coming out with maybe getting a respectful P3 or P4, it's zero points and now a long way off in the championship for him. And it's looking yeah. like he is going more into that sort of Bottas role at Ferrari because there's only there's only so <laughs> many races that you could do. I know I know we're only three races in and it's, it's still very early doors and, you know, Charles could have problems. Science can come back into this. However, if there is an emerging title contender that challenges Leclerc, and science is nowhere near in the points. We know what Ferrari are like. Ferrari love a number two driver. It can easily happen. I mean, I, and I think that would happen with any top team where you have one driver seeming yeah. to establish. But to be fair to Carl, he also had a steering wheel issue. I think he had to have that switched just before he went out in the race. And that contributed to him having a terrible start because there were other drivers on hard tyres. forcing a, a second driver. Uh, uh, look, uh, listen, you're the <laughs> one with the tin foil hat, problems. <laughs> I'm not endorsing Hayden's takes here today, okay? Um, but yeah, Carlos had a, you know, he was disappointed afterwards. And I think part of the reason why he was so kind of visibly frustrated is probably because he knows that exactly what you're saying is, is kind of true if it carries on this way and Charles continues to open up this kind of huge lead at the top, um, then you, you've got to, you've got to appreciate that Ferrari are going to kind of start to, if, if both drivers are close, then you could argue that it's not in Ferrari's best interest to, to favor one. But if there is one pulling ahead, then you, you've mm-hmm. got to kind of appreciate it and understand it. Um, so yeah, not a great day for Carlos, a lot out of his control, but also again, I think he was guilty of being kind of impatient, understandably impatient, but <laughs> Ended up kind of cocking it up in the end, unfortunately, yeah, um, it was a for Carlos. Well. But um, in terms of the start of the race, though, I mean, there was some, yeah, a few people dropping down, a few people jumping up. Um, I'm trying to remember because you had Gasly, Sonoda, both gained a couple of positions. Um, but at the uh, front, yeah, yeah, I mean, you had Sergio. Jumping. Yeah, but you had Sergio Perez almost put a move on Verstappen and then it ended up losing out. Lewis went up the inside. I mean, that yeah. was a great little move, first corner. Yeah, yeah, he had nowhere to go and then Lewis just capitalising on that open gap and George Russell doing the same sort of thing on, on Lando mm. Norris. Lando Norris got sort of been stuck. Where Perez backed off, it kind of made it a free wide situation. Lando had to back out instead of being in that sandwich. Um, and then George was just like, oh, well, thank you very much. I'll move up into, into P5 then. So... Uh, yeah, I think I think promising signs for the Mercedes because they haven't looked good. They they haven't no. looked good at all so far this season. But they 
have been reliable, which is exactly what George says. You don't need the fastest car, or, or mm -hmm. there's no point having the fastest car if you can't finish. I love that he's just throwing shade at the Red Bull uh, <laughs> team at the moment. It, it's, it's, it's great to he's see. He's been fully indoctrinated. Um, he has. He's like that proper, like full-on Mercedes PR, but then he, unlike Hamilton last year, he will throw shade at the Red Bull team. So it's quite, it's quite fun to Isn't see. People call it PR63. Um, <laughs> PR63. <laughs> I've seen that a lot on Twitter, but you know what, like, George, and, you know, talking to Mercedes, you're, you're repping the merch, because, you know, you're a... I am repping the merch today. Uh, the, bandwagon the bandwagon, hopper, so, yeah, you know, that's what you are. Today, but so. all in all, I, I think all things considered, obviously, George um, got fortunate with the safety car to, to come out ahead of Lewis, yep. but like you say, I think damage limitation, George is sitting second in the Drivers' Championship right now, yeah. um, which is weird Mad. to think. And um, all in all, again, I think their race pace, you know, was much closer to, to Red Bull at least um, than in qualifying. Qualifying, they were still seemingly quite a way off yeah. um, behind yeah. Norris, both of them Mercedes, but actually, I don't know, do, do you think that, because there's a lot of talk that Mercedes are going to turn this around, but how much of that is based off reality and how much of that is based off oh, well, it's Mercedes, so of course they're going to, because there's no guarantees in the sport. Yeah, I think it's more off the basis of, like, it's Mercedes, your eight-time world champion. Um, they've got a lot of good people in the right places. Mm. So if any... I think it's more the fact that if anyone's going to turn it around, it's going to be Mercedes. Like, if anybody from... Because yeah. Mercedes are sort of... I think they're they're in a class of their own, and McLaren are even off, off their pace as well, so mm. uh, in the races. So I think... You know, it's unlikely that any of the actual midfield runners are going to jump up and start challenging for victories. But Mercedes in their own little world potentially could do that. Their race pace was good against Red Bull, but I think that was more based on tyre wear. Red Bull were very mm. good at the start of the stints and then the tyres dropped off for them. Yeah, I mean, both of the Red Sergio Bulls. Perez as yeah. They were munching through their tyres like... Pronto, those mediums didn't last at all for the Red Bulls. I think they particularly seem to be struggling with that, which is obviously concerning for them because, you know, long term, you've got to think. But at the end of the day, it was what the hottest track temperature, I think, of the the first three races we've seen. Um, it's Australia. What can you say? You know, it's pretty yeah. hot. But, yeah, um, yeah. but anyway, back back to the back to the right. I think after that kind of we had the science incident, you had the VSC, then the safety car, um, uh, you know, Things kind of settled down a bit. Um, and then, unfortunately, and I know a lot of there's going to be a lot of Seb fans watching and listening. And <laughs> all in all, for, for a lot of a lot of um elements out of his control, I mean, it's it's been like uh, it's been like the worst possible start to 2022 for Sebastian Vettel, hasn't it? It's uh, yeah. everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong, a lot out of his control. And because of his lack of running, what he'd had 26 laps of running before the race started, I think it mm -hmm. was, and um, spun put it into the wall, race was over, even before that went over into the gravel as well. I mean, one to forget for your boy Lance's teammate. Yeah, it's not been a good weekend for them. Um, I mean, with Vettel, you can you can bring out all the excuses you want. You can, you can say, oh, he's had COVID, he's only had this much running. But, you know, other drivers have jumped in with very little running and been pacey from the start. So that that's something that you've got to point out. And, you know, you can't just bring a load of excuses and be like, oh, it's all fine. We, let's bubble wrap it. You know, you've got to say plain and simple, he dropped it. Yeah. You know, he went too much on that curb, lost the rear end, into the wall, broke his front nose. I was surprised it was a DNF because it was very front on. Mm. It didn't look like the tyres hit at all. Uh, but maybe it was like the uh, effects through the car um, 
that maybe that's what caused the the DNF. Or Vettel was just like, Do you know what, this car is rubbish because uh, I saw this on Ted's notebook. He is not named this year's car. He always loves naming his no. cars. And the, the Aston Martins, he names after Bond girls, and he's not bothering naming this one because it doesn't deserve to be named. It's that bad of a car. Um, so that's how unhappy he is. And, I mean, for, for Vettel fans everywhere, it can't get any worse, mm. right? Maybe. <laughs> I, look, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, Seb had, you know, I thought he was, he was pretty strong last year. Um, a good first year at that team. But obviously, it's a brand new car, brand new architecture. You know, Nico was struggling with it. Lance has been struggling with the car as well. There's clearly some fundamental issues there at Aston Martin. Mm -hmm. But um, also, you make a good point because, you know, Hulkenberg was able to you talk about 2020 when he could jump into that car, yeah. drive quick. And Didn't honestly, crash. like he's a four-time world champion. And, and I think, you know, mm -hmm. those expectations should be higher for a driver of his caliber and standing. It's very unfortunate what's happened, but also the driver has to take a degree of responsibility. Um, talking of Aston Martin drivers taking a degree of res responsibility, Hayden, while you're here, can we just briefly talk about, because we kind of glossed over uh, qualifying. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, honestly thought you were going to bring it up. That's why you mentioned qualifying. I was like, oh God, nah, here we I go. I thought I'd kind of tip, lull you into a full sense <laughs> okay. of security. Come uh, on then. Right. As as Stroll's uh, biggest fan, what, what, what's your take on the situation with him and Latifi and what happened? There's, there's two takes on it. Come I've on got then. two takes on it, okay? <laughs> the first one is, yes, Stroll's fault. He should have looked in that mirror, okay? 100%. He was unaware. He didn't look over to his right. If you watch the onboard, he looks to the left mirror. He checks that one, but he doesn't check the right. And then, obviously, that's when it happens. I don't know. I haven't listened to team radio, so the, the sort of sharp turn right, I don't know if that's, like, reactions or if that's somebody on the radio being, like, let car through, and he's just automatically done that. Um However, here we go. Right, and and I understand. I understand that go. Stroll should have got the penalty. Here we go, everyone. Whilst he's at fault, brace yourselves. However, <laughs> I don't understand why Latifi is letting someone through and then straight away overtaking them. Now I know that Stroll was on a hot lap and he aborted. However, there was an Alpha Romeo and a McLaren directly behind Stroll. So the fact that he let Stroll through but then didn't let these other two is weird to me. And then goes for an overtake straight away. Well, like, so, so my and I can, that's that's why I can understand why Stroll didn't look in his right mirror because you've just overtaken this guy. You can see that the Alfa Romeo is in your left, which is the car that was behind you. And then you look in, and then all of a sudden there's a car on your right that's overtaking you. I can understand. Or maybe he was just surprised that Latifi can make overtakes. <laughs> Savage. I can understand <laughs> why Stroll wasn't expecting it, but yeah, as far as I'm aware, Latifi was told Stroll's on a push. Obviously, he sees, sees Stroll yeah. go past, but then slow down. So he's like, "Oh, I'm just going to resume my prep for my lap," mm -hmm. and sees the gap, goes for it. Stroll's not looking in his yeah. mirrors. Boom. It's a, it's a mess from both of them. Oh, yeah. because I can understand you know, that, why Stroll got the penalty. That's what annoyed me more than anything. It's like if those kind of incidents, they just wind me up because you know that the amount of work, especially yeah. if, like Aston exactly. Martin had, had pulled uh, yeah. like worldy to get those cars, both the cars ready. Mm -hmm. um, actually, ironically, if it wasn't for that incident, then Vettel wouldn't have got out at all. Um, he would not have got out, no. no. <laughs> so maybe maybe that was the that's, long that's strap. That's the other thing as well, though, because there's, there's this cost cap that's in. So any damages exactly. are even worse for the teams. So as Latifi, why are you risking overtaking someone at one, a very slim part of the track that does wind as well? It's not straight. It winds mm. right, it winds left, okay? And you've got two other cars. You can just quite simply just go, ah, do you know what? Let's not risk this car. Let them through let a bit of a gap and do some proper warm-up because he would have overtaken Stroll and then would have had to let two more cars through anyway. So the warm-up would have been pointless from that 
few corners. Okay, That's what I mean. I don't, I don't say that it's Latifi's fault for doing that. I'm just saying he could have done better in that scenario to not put so much pressure on his team in terms of money. Maybe. Maybe maybe you're giving him too much benefit of that. Maybe you're not. I guess everyone can let us know in the comments below if you're watching the uh, YouTube version. Is Hayden <laughs> blinded by his allegiance? We'll see. But anyway, <laughs> let's get away from that. Let's get back to the race. And actually, there were some... There were some decent little battles kind of throughout the field. Um, you had Alonso putting a lot no of pressure worries. on Gasly. Uh, at one stage, mm. you had kind of, uh, there was Bottas and having a few little battles. They had Magnussen. He was kind of, because the Haas pace wasn't quite there. But, I, you know, when we're talking about at the start about how this race, I thought there was a lot going on throughout it. Yes, there might have been, you know, not a great battle for P1. But I think throughout yeah. the field, there was some good little scraps um, like throughout, I thought, you know, and, and, and in terms of the DRS, uh, you know, zone, one of the four zones being removed, I, I do think mm -hmm. looking at this race, you know, DRS was a necessity in getting moves done. I do think this race, we really yeah. did need it. But I thought that, you know, the battling through the field was, was pretty decent. Yeah, the DRS was needed for the overtakes. However, and we have been optimistic about these regulations so far. Two races going into this one thinking they're working. The cars can follow. They look like it can. Now, this is a track where it's a bit more medium speed, I'd say. Would you agree with me on that one? Mm. It's a bit more of like a medium speed mm. circuit. Yeah. And the cars throughout, there was a big train going on and people were half a second between them. Usually, mm. you know, go back a year, it'd be a second and a half, True. maybe two seconds True. would be the gap. And that is a train. That's what we would have considered a train. Now we're watching F1 and a train is considered half a second and you can see so many cars in one shot and they are just so close together that one mistake, if you try to go for mm. a move, you lock up. We saw it, I think, with Schumacher trying to go for one on Bottas or just outbreaked himself, locked up. Alonso was like, thank you very much. I'll yep. take that position. And that's what we're seeing now, which is great to see. And that's what comes back to what I said at the start where people are like, oh, it's a boring race because we didn't get a fight for the lead. Were you not watching the rest of the race? Yeah. There was battles going on in the midfield. Everyone was so tightly contested and it was tense. Okay, it was a tense race throughout. Yes, not for the race win, but for all these different positions, because every single one of those was basically fighting for the last point, because at that time, everyone thought that when Albon pitted, he was going to come out behind them. Uh, so that's why it was so tense. Like Everyone needed to try and just get past and mm. get ahead of Stroll, who was holding up that train. We'll get onto Albon. I'm saving him for the end because <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> but obviously, so there was some great battles throughout the field, um, but obviously let's talk now about up top because obviously we had mm -hmm. you know we had Charles start on pole good start kept ahead Max you know kept within a second for the first kind of few laps mm -hmm. um or at least couple laps yeah. I think but then that gap started to grow tires struggling like we said with Red Bull um and then yes. we got to lap what lap was it um when Max just pulled up he car decided to go kaput it was like 30 or something maybe got to him. uh it was 31 <laughs> I think we used to pulled up, so <laughs> uh, lap thirty-one, I think. Yeah, and I, as far as I understand, I don't know if you know more, but uh, Christian Horner alluded to they think it's a fuel-related issue again. I guess it's a different yeah. fuel-related issue than last time, but not good. No, uh, yeah, I'm not sure with the fuel-related issues that the Red Bull power train because. You know, if they've had reliability issues and, and they're losing this championship because of that. Because Max, you know, he's on it. You know, he got the race win in Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. He was second and he was second here. And I don't think he would have won here, but 
No. He would have at least got a good amount of points. And that would keep him, you know, seven points still in it in the championship. Instead, mm. especially with Charles getting a grand shalam. Um, Absolutely. The pole race win and the fastest lap. That's, I mean, he's, what, 30 points clear of George Russell. Max is down mm. in sixth. And that's their best championship contender. Now, Sergio's no slouch, but I can't see him challenging Charles for the championship. So they need to get on this as soon as possible because, you know, I don't want to see it. You know, there was there was the rivalry from last season of Red Bull, Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, and I was very much in the camp of Lewis Hamilton. But I want to see a championship battle this season. I don't want to see Charles run away with it. And Max Verstappen mm. is the only man that I think who can challenge him. So... Yeah, it's not good. It's not good enough at the moment. Well, yeah, because w- when the race started, you felt like, okay, cool. Like, obviously, Carlos is out. So, you know, advantage Red Bull in terms of constructors, you know, from that from that point of view, picking up big points mm-hmm. and keeping that challenge up. Um, but yeah, obviously, in, in the end, uh, yeah, Sergio on the podium, um, he, he, he yeah. stayed up there, kept in that position. But I mean, Sergio ended up 20 seconds down the road um, from Charles by the end of the race. Yeah. And he was only about three. Obviously, I know there was safety cars and there was shenanigans at the end. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, George was only a few seconds off of Sergio in the end. Um, so, yeah, I, I think kind of worrying, you know, from a reliability point of view, this is now the second race where Max has scored nil poids. Um, and mm-hmm. not obviously, you know, it's easy to be like, oh, now they're running their own engines. They're braking all the time. But actually, like... Yeah, you know, the first time it wasn't, and it was a, it was a standard component, whatever it's called. Um, and then this time, I mean, Christian was saying that he doesn't. Yeah, again, he doesn't think it's the power unit. It's something to do with the fuel, which is a, an issue yeah, for them. But, but we know what Christian's like. He's very good at protecting his team. True, he's very true. good at not blaming his team. So you know, and and keeping morale up. So I can understand why he might you know be deferring it away publicly. And then behind the scenes, being like, we need to fix this as soon as possible. True, because I mean, yeah, it's, it's not in it's not in Red Bull's best interest to be like, yeah, I'll power you. Like, we're not because they, you know, exactly. they want to get yeah. Porsche on board. Uh, by the sounds of it, that's what that's the rumors going around mm-hmm. at the minute. So that remains to be seen, I guess. But um, so obviously, yeah, you had Max pull up, which was obviously very unfortunate for him. Um, but then, obviously, look, Lance Stroll. I did note him on my little notes as well. <laughs> you know, obviously all the all the problems in qualifying and then he got yeah, that yeah. penalty for weaving. I did want to ask you, did you think that penalty was fair? I look, I haven't seen the I want to watch the onboard from Bottas because we weaving should have two different penalties against it. If it's just you've got a big gap and you're weaving, warning. Okay, warning, do it again, mm. penalty. Understand that. If he has done that twice, fair enough. Uh, and he's got that warning, fair enough. If it's literally last minute, he's ducked over right in front and then it becomes dangerous, then it is fair enough. But the only problem is I haven't seen the Bottas thing. So from going on just weaving, I'd say it's harsh because I feel like you should get a warning, then a penalty for weaving. I mean, we saw it in other races last year at Abu Dhabi at the end when Max was weaving. He got a warning for it's it true. and the next straight didn't do it again. It's true. You, know, you got a warning. And I've seen it in other races it's as well. True. Other drivers have got the warning, then got a pen. Mm. Now, I don't know everything, that's gone on behind the scenes. So it might be released on Twitter in the next few days, the onboard, and it would show, oh, okay, fuck it all, that was dangerous. Mm. But from what I saw on the TV, yeah, I feel like it was a bit harsh. Uh, the one on Bottas pushing him off, though, you know, we all know what my standards of racing, I didn't agree with that. I was like, come on now. 
He's gone wide. There's a big mm. space there. There's no need to do that. Um, but he got away with that one. But it's just annoying because he's done such a blinding race. He's in the points. That's what I There's mean. the potential for points. Yeah, definitely. In the end, he wouldn't have got points anyway because Albon did pit stop, was still ahead of him, yes, and Joe got him as well. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's frustrating when you're, you're doing such an incredible job and you've already had a lot of hate over the qualifying situation. Mm-hmm. And now you're like actually showing people what you are capable of. Mm-hmm. And then you go and get a penalty for something that is so silly. Mm. Un- unnecessary so yeah it's annoying so, sorry to remind you Hayden I was just like you know while you're here we yeah, might you're, as well you're just, you're just yeah. giving me a really sad time well look you? because really our two favourite drivers had very very <laughs> different in terms of the feeling the sentiment afterwards um, because I think we should now talk about you know my driver of the day um, and I think sorry, we would wait, have got driver of the day <laughs> no, no, really isn't it? didn't really? you know um <laughs> Now, obviously, what <coughs> he he had a bit of a vettel um, in terms of qualifying, not enough fuel, so started plum last. Yeah. Um, somehow started. Stroll managed to start one position higher than he finished, even though he got the penalty for the Latif incident, which was quite <laughs> yeah. interesting as well. Um, but P twenty to P ten on it on any day is is great. Obviously, Williams have got to take a lot of credit for you know, I guess you know making that strategy yeah a viable option, um, but. Alex for delivering it as well. I mean, what a race. Mm-hmm. Absolute blinder from both Albon and from the team. I mean, the the first part of the race, there wasn't too much. I mean, he was doing the job. He was very much in the same position as Stroll. So mm. both of them qualifying quite closely together and then just sort of, you know, picking up the pieces of other people's misfortune and then staying out on those hards. And I was just like, when are they going to pit him? Why aren't they pitting him? And you know what? They absolutely smashed it. Because if they pitted him early for either the mediums or the softs, you know, he would have had to overtake people. And as we saw with Alonso and Magnussen, yes, they were overtaking people, but it was taking a while. Mm. So to leave them out, and you got to thank Lance Stroll for that because he did an absolute job holding he, he everybody so up, true. building that gap. You know what? And then <laughs> they pitted him on so the true. last lap. Yep. And he came out side by side with Joe. <clears throat> so the Joe couldn't go for the switchback on him and get the run down into turn three. So fantastic job for Albon to manage those tyres. Mm. He said that the, the for some reason the hards really work mm. for that Williams car better than any other compound. Um, and then obviously the Williams team, whoever's on strategy, you have played an absolute blinder because staying keeping him out all the way to the end to build that gap and then last lap, go for it on the softs, mm. fantastic. Because I think the... Uh it was what C5 was the soft and then I think it was C3, C2. So I think the hard was C2, yes, yeah. um, which is obviously good for, you know, it's all good information for Williams. You know, I, I felt watching that because mm-hmm. obviously he had to pit. Otherwise he would have probably got like a 30 second penalty. Um, the only it's a, it's a disqualification. It, it's only sure. when, yeah, it, it, or it's only when, isn't it when it's raining you cannot pit? Because I remember raining, Ocon yeah. if, didn't If you pit. use the inters or the wets at any point, yeah. Uh, so basically, yeah, if you start on the inters or the wets, you don't have to make a pit stop. It's just dries. But you have it's, to make a pit stop in normal conditions. You have to make a pit stop in the race. You have to use, there's two mandatory tyre mm. sets you have to use in the race. And that would either be the medium and hard or medium and soft, something like that. Absolutely. So you but have to use one of those mandatory sets. As, as, as much as it was a great day, I also feel that, yeah, it's going to take those kind of days for Williams to score points because their pace still seems 
pretty off. Um, but mm-hmm. again, I suppose you've got, you know, you've got two drivers there where Latif has just been disappointing. Like, you know, oh, re- relative to Alex. Big time. It, and it, it's like, Alex, you're out of the sport. Latif is third year in the team. We'll get more, yeah. in, more into it in, into the head to heads. Um, but yeah, it, it's not been, yeah, it, it's been a, I guess contrasting day for Williams, but ultimately I'm buzzing. I was I was so happy. I was so <laughs> chuffed. Very happy boy. I've got a whole year of no Alex, <laughs> and now finally yeah. he's back, and he's actually seemingly doing a really good job. <laughs> he's been doing very well in the first three races. I've got to say, apart from when he punted stroll last week. Um, uh, well, you know, well. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe Lance is for that one. But, but anyway. no, no, he has been doing really well in the first three races. He's been he's been smashing it, and you must be loving having an early race because now instead of having a late one, you only have three hours to enjoy it. You've got the whole day to rejoice to in this bask. feeling it must feel amazing to bask to bask <laughs> in the glow of alex Albon. right anyway mate should we get on with the head-to-heads now um let's do it let's get into the let's head-to-heads. go so we'll go through all the teams and compare the drivers and pick our winner mm-hmm. um out of the two so i uh, start the front ferrari <laughs> i mean it's a pretty Difficult easy one, one isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah uh, fully Charles, uh, a grand shalam, um, and and easy, easy pickings. Science just disappointing. I mean, we've said disappointing in the first two rounds, just only because I would like to see him up there fighting with with Charles, but this one was disappointing. I, I th- this one was it, not on where we know Carlos to be. It's it's a big missed opportunity because Ferrari did quite mm-hmm. clearly have a pace advantage over Red Bull. Um, so a 1-2 yeah. would definitely, even if Carlos had qualified fourth, like I think a 1-2 was definitely on the cards um, this yeah. weekend. So, But I, again, a lot out of Carlos's hands. I also think, you know, I, I, it feels like well, it wasn't that long ago we were talking last season about, you know, Leclerc only got one podium last year, Carlos got four yeah. and Carlos outscored Charles. But I, I, I think last year, you know, I, I think, there were opportunities for Charles. He finished, finished fourth a lot. And, you know, Carlos has been seemingly pretty unlucky. I mean, he was exceptionally unlucky this weekend as well. But I mm-hmm. think we are seeing, which is what I've always felt, I think Carlos is an incredible racing driver, but I do think that Charles has got that extra couple of percent yeah. that just puts him... 100%. And, and he's he's not, like, this this title challenge, he's just taking it in his stride. You know what I mean? He, he doesn't look phased at yeah. all. He looks... I know, you know, people said Charles Leclerc 2.0 and he, he doesn't like that. And, and I agree. I, I think that, you know, it, it's... The maturity in his driving now, I do think has, like, mm-hmm. improved and he's, he's looking... Yeah. He's looking ready. 100%. 100%. I mean, Shaw went through that phase a couple of years ago that, that Verstappen went through back in like 2018 when mm-hmm. he was having a lot of DNFs. And I, I regard Leclerc up there with Verstappen and Hamilton as the best that we've got in the field. Um, Absolutely. There are other drivers in the field that they're great drivers, but are they the drivers that are going to be winning and competing for championships year on year on year? No, but I can see that happening through Shaw through Verstappen that we're definitely seeing this season and Hamilton that we have seen in seasons gone. So, uh, yeah, shell for me, um, just a perfect weekend. Yeah, amazing. Right, and, and as much as I said earlier, Alex Albon, driver of the day, but but you can't really take it away from Charles because it was literally, it was faultless. Um, so well done, Charles. They can share it. They can, they can get half the trophy each. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're good friends, so they can uh, <laughs> they, they can enjoy it together. Um, all right, let's talk about Red yeah. Bull next. Um, Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez, um, mm-hmm. hmm, I don't know. Uh, 
I, I need to think about this. It's a tough one because um, you've got Verstappen with the DNF, the number one on his car at the moment, meaning one race finish, um, <laughs> and then Perez, who is you, who, you who already did a had that one job. ready, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Perez has got two ones, so I guess it's just a tally of races finished. So that's it for the season. Um, Perez did a solid job. I think it's always a tough one, isn't it, when you've got people with DNF because you don't know where to go. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Especially I, when the I driver think, was better. Yeah, I, obviously Max, you know, did out-qualify Sergio, was running mm. ahead of Sergio. Sergio didn't look like passing Max because Sergio got caught up um, in yeah. that little battle with with Lewis. I think I think Lewis getting past um, really spoiled Sergio's ability to sit behind Max and maybe when Max, yeah. nah, I, I don't think he would have caught Charles to be fair. I, I think, I think it has to go to Max because, you know, yeah, he was, you know, the car just pulled up. Like it, it would have clearly been a Max P2 if it wasn't for a fall out of his control. And, but what I will say, you know, Sergio was, was he within, he was, I'm sure he was within like a 10th of Max, wasn't he in qualifying? It was pretty close. I think, um, uh, I can, I can have remember. a little look for you. I've got go it. On, go on, you have uh, a little look. Sergio Perez but what I will was say is indeed within a tenth of Max Verstappen in qualifying. Max did an eighteen point one. Sergio did an eighteen point two. See this this so, massive noggin knows will mate. Um, got it but for you. <laughs> I, I think it's a it, it's a prime example of again what I, I feel like I'm I'm not surprised. You know these new cars. It's a fresh slate for everyone. Yeah. Max isn't carrying this car knowledge that he's had in the past and this car setup that mm -hmm. really suits him. Um, and I, I think, you know, Sergio, I think being within a tenth or two uh, is going to be quite, you know, standard, I think, over the course of the season. Maybe point three. I, I do think Max is the, yeah. is, is the better qualifier, no no question. But I think it's it's interesting to see that gap close up for sure. Yeah, Max definitely, I think, the better driver today and I think will be the better driver across the season. But this will be a great season Absolutely. for Sergio to break that Red Bull second driver duck. And I think he can be a lot closer. I mean, he's already ahead in the championship at the moment on points. Uh, yes, okay, Facts. Max has had one more extra reliability issue than Sergio has had. But over the course of the season, I think, instead of the massive gaps, massive point gap different we had yeah. last season, I think it would be a lot closer this season. But... I've got to give it to Max. He was he was on it, and it was just unlucky for him. It was. I a, agree. I agree. Know, that was yeah. a, that was a guaranteed P two taken away from him. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's good to see that he's not a mile off. Good to see just for Sergio because mm -hmm. I love Sergio, but also good to see from Red Bull's point of view because um, you need both drivers yeah. up there. Uh, okay, Mercedes. Oh, this is a tricky one. Russell Hamilton. This is a tough one. You're you're repping. Mm. Um, so I'm repping Hayden, have, today. You, have you got any have you got any thoughts on who should take? The dub. Yes. It, it's a very closely contested one between these two boys. We look at qualifying and Hamilton beat Russell by, again, a tenth. So it's very close between the two of them there. And in the race, obviously, Russell beat Hamilton. I'm going to go with Hamilton because he beat him in qualifying and also was doing a better job in the race. There was a moment where Russell was getting closer to Hamilton, if you remember, just when the McLarens were behind them as well. And it was a nice little four-way battle for, I think, P4. Um, but the safety car coming out, not gifted, because I don't want to say gifted, because George Russell still did an amazing job and has, you know, deserved that podium. But it definitely helped him on his way to leapfrog 
Lewis Hamilton in the race. So uh, I'm going to give it to Lewis because I thought he was just better over the weekend. And George, you know, sometimes you need luck in F1 and mm-hmm. George would be very happy with that with that P3. So George has got his podium trophy and Lewis can have the head-to-head one for me. Fair. I'm going to split. I'm going to say George um, just because mm-hmm. I, I think the context of, you know, this is George's third race, his 63rd race of his F1 career. He Reps the number 63 as well. So I don't know if, you, if, if that means anything. You got um, that little fact, didn't you? Yeah, why not? Um, I saw it on Twitter, so I thought I'd recycle it. Um, and yeah, I, I think that, you know, there was, yeah, I think it was like a tenth and a half between them in qualifying. So Lewis did a better job in quali. But I think George was holding his own. Yes, he got fortunate with the safety car, but he, he was in that position. He was, you know, following reasonably close to Lewis to capitalize on that opportunity when it came and yeah like credit to him because i i think there was always there was always rightly going to be questions around george coming in um because he don't we'd only ever seen him up against latifi um yeah. so we didn't really he what we hadn't seen him teammate of an established driver apart from kibitza but obviously that was a very different situation to you know, the previous kibitz that we'd had in formula mm-hmm. one so I, I think there were rightly questions around george but i think he's you know He's, he's proven his maturity, his, his pace um, is looking, you know, pretty much there. I don't think there was much in it between them. And yeah, I just, I, I want to give George yeah. some credit for, for doing a good job. Also, I wanted to, because I didn't really understand. I know Lewis was a bit annoyed on the radio. Obviously, I get, yes. a, you know, George coming out ahead. But do you think there was anything like more to that? Because he did seem a bit no, so wound up. I, I mean, know. maybe there was at the time. Maybe he's a bit annoyed at the time because obviously I think... As a driver, you're going to be if you've lost a position that's out of your hands, and you're you, you're going to be frustrated. Mm. And I think yeah, these even if two it's are teammate, so yeah. evenly matched. Yeah, these two are so mm. evenly matched, and you want to beat your teammate at the end of the day. But the car's exactly the same. They're so evenly matched out on track that one he couldn't make any progress really on his teammate, and he was also saying after the race that he was having overheating issues when following George, so he had to drop back and keep mm. that. I think it was like a three second gap that he kept basically between the two of them um, throughout. So maybe. Maybe he could have got him if the overheating issue wasn't there. We'll never know. Um, but that's what it was at the end of the day. So uh, I don't think there's a reason to look into that too much. Yeah. And be like, oh, he, he already hates his teammate. <laughs> I think it was just like, you put me in this position where, you know, I'm having to chase and it's overheating yeah. and we can't do this. Yeah, basically. not ideal, but I think you're right. I think that, you know, these two know that they're working towards like a common goal, yeah. which is to get that car yeah. competitive for race wins, which isn't already. So I feel like that's going to exactly. only help that relationship be yeah. less, you know, and potentially the toxic. And they're doing because yeah. they're second. They're ahead the of Red Bull. Which is crazy to think. Numbers. They are ahead of Red Bull. <laughs> that's where the title was given and they're ahead of Red Bull. So um, fair mm-hmm. enough. But yeah, I'm split the field. Russell, Hamilton, you know, yeah. pretty close between the two of them. Um, I guess McLaren next um, because... Another close one. After, yeah, after a worrying start to the season, um, much better this weekend. Yeah. And like you say, another close one. What are you saying now? Norris and Ricardo. Again, another close one. Um... I mean, they were so evenly matched even when they were coming through the field. Norris would be going for an overtake and Ricardo would be right there mm. to maybe pounce and follow through. would have to wait another lap. And I think, again, it's the same situation as the Mercedes guys. Maybe Ricardo was the quicker driver in the race pace, but just couldn't get past because it's 
the cars are so similar mm. and are so evenly matched. And also, you, you, you're going to take less risk because they're the same in, the, in Mercedes boat. They want to try and get as many points for the team, 100%. maximize the opportunities, and also work together to... Because the car, yeah, okay, it's it's now back up to fourth in the constructors. They're now fifth and sixth in this race, but it's still not where they want to be. Of course, they want to be challenging for wins, but also there's the potential that we go back to Imola and they're back down in P16. Exactly, because so, Imola's got a lot more slow speed, so that could be yeah. a problem for them. And no, I, I think it was poignant. I feel like at the end, um, they kind of slowed down and they kind of almost went across the lining kind of convoy because I think this is this result's yeah. been a huge deal to McLaren because it was such a disappointing mm-hmm. start, um, particularly at Bahrain. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of, uh, again, like we're saying about Mercedes, a lot of you know, common team sentiment working towards something because there's clearly something in there in that car. But I mean, for me, the head to head is still got to go to Norris. I think he just had the edge over Ricardo. Yeah. The qualifying wins it. I yeah. mean, he got put the car Even though he four. fell back, um, which was a shame. Um, he got yeah. done by George up the inside, which is a great move from George, I think. You know, jeez. <laughs> yeah, you're a terrible person Hayden. Um, but we're giving it to yeah. Lando I don't think they would have challenged Merck anyway though because they were no. like 30 seconds off true probably not probably not but yeah I'm giving it Lando and you're giving it Lando as well I'm giving it Lando as well well done yeah. well done all things, all things in love and war. Um, okay, let's talk about Alpine now. Um, Alpine, Alpine, yeah. Alpine, man. I mean, I, I just, I just have to give it to Fernando. Like, even though yeah. he he was out qualified technically by Ocon and finished behind Ocon, yeah. um, I have to give yeah. it to Fernando because he's just been mad unlucky. Out qualified on a technicality. I think that's the first time I've ever seen in your qualifying head to heads that you've not given somebody an out qualifying point because it was at their fault. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love Ocon and people think I hate Fernando, but you know what? I'm cool. I call it. I call it as 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 genuinely as I can. And it was one of them where like Fernando couldn't catch a break. I mean, he thought he was on for pole. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he, but I think top three was there. De- I think splitting the Red Bulls yeah, and Ferraris, hundred percent, hundred percent. That was I on think he would have sure. been up there. That sector yeah. two was immense and his sector one was matching what Charles Leclerc did. I don't, I, unfortunately with that, I'd love to see what his other sector three times were in comparison in other laps. True. Because I feel like that's where it would have like fallen off a little bit, but he was definitely on it. And again, Ocon, for me, I know that you love Ocon and I'm not going to hate on him because he is a good driver. He is a great driver and in any team he's going to do an amazing careful, job. Hayden. But he's not, that, he's not that pedigree for me where he's up there at the top. Oh, hang on. Because hang last on. season, there was, there was glimpses last season of good performances. But then again today, it was just like, you know, Alonso was definitely clearly the better driver. 100%. We saw it in 100%. Saudi Arabia as well. Um. I mean, there wasn't much in it in I mean, Saudi. We did. They there, were fighting. There wasn't much they, in it. They were in Saudi. fighting, and then and then Alonso drove away. Well, no, no, no. no the reason they were fighting was because issue. Alonso couldn't drive away because Ocon was staying close. Yeah, that's why they were fighting. And then he did drive away. If Alon- no, because the team said stop battling. So yeah, no, and then, that's and then that, he got overtaken by Bottas. Yeah, because he, he fell out of the DRS. So no, that no, no. They've been. <laughs> Sorry, you're going to give me shit about. Stroll, they've been right? very Don't get even. I give you shit I, no, about. I'm, I'm just. I'm, I'm standing point. They've been very even the first two races. In this race, definitely Alonso was way clear. But They're very even in qualifying. Yes. I think. I think a lot. Yeah, and in the races as well. The first two races, definitely. Mm-hmm. And yeah, who's got all the points? Just saying. Um, <laughs> obviously Fernando Fernando was super unlucky he was definitely on top this weekend um, in terms of pace and uh, and obviously like as soon as they put the because on the hard tyres he was kind of stuck a bit behind Gasly but you could tell he had more pace than yeah. 
He had more pace than Ocon on yeah. the mediums, on the hards, did Fernando. But then he put the mediums on yeah. and just, I don't think they just grained they up, just, didn't just they? just got destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, they just got destroyed. Um, yeah, I, I've got to go for Alonso as well. He was immensely unlucky mm. by that first safety car. That first safety car came out perfectly for everybody on the medium strategy. Um, everyone on the soft got hard done by. And I mean, you know, with hindsight, if he could manage to manage those hard tyres, he could have done a knock-on, uh, knock an Albon strategy, you know, could've. kept it ahead and then do a last lap pit stop and yeah. come out still on the points. Maybe um, maybe that's one where Madison as well. Alpine look and maybe look at what Albon did and think maybe they should have tried yeah. to do the same. I know it's easy to say in hindsight because I, I think I think Alpine Albon. have got a competitive car, whereas Williams are more likely to just go for some mad strat see if it pays yeah. off and it did. Yeah. Um, Albon out there helping like, out all yeah. the teams, you know, helping that's out Williams, he doing stuff for Red Bull, testing for Red Bull, he's giving the strategies he's to <laughs> Alpine. He's out there sorting the whole field out. What a man. He's a giving He's a giving <laughs> man. But um, yeah, so we're going to give it yeah. to Alonso. Although, yeah, again, I just want to say on, on Alpine, like their cars looking like potentially best of the rest, like just behind Mercedes. I mean, yeah. Alonso thought they were quicker than Mercedes. He thought there was a podium on the table, which I think, again, if yeah. qualifying had gone as it should have, I think Alonso podium, given Max DNF in yeah. and, and science not, um, not finishing either, I think that was very much on. Potentially, yeah, potentially for sure. Uh, there was a chance there for Alpine. And I, I think I agree with you. And, you know, this is going to be a season of development. I've said it in the, the previous podcast, Alpine have different, I think they said they have a different car in the wind tunnel compared to what they have out on track. So there is mm -hmm. something coming from them and potentially for a lot of teams as well, big strides in improvements over the course of the season. And it could be the difference between a team getting it spot on, jumping back up into the top fight. We could see that. And I mean, I hope hopefully we do. 100%. And uh, yeah, that's the thing. Two weeks to Imola. A lot of talk of big upgrades coming for them. Yeah. So we shall see. Um, let's talk about Alfa Romeo because Valtteri Bottas finishing, finishing P8 mm -hmm. in the end. Um, um, Joey down in 11th. I, I mean, I, I think the head-to-head -head has to be Bottas. Um, but yeah, I mean, agree. good mileage for, for, for Joe. Um, another full race under his belt can only help. And Bottas looks racy at times. And, and I feel like, you know, uh, we didn't see a huge amount of, of Alfa Romeo. We saw a few little battles. And again, you know, mm -hmm. Bottas maybe getting pushed off a bit by, by Lance. But I think all in all, like, I mean, what, he was seven seconds behind Esteban and what eight seconds ahead of Pierre. So Bottas kind of, you know, he's quite yeah. comfortable P8. Pretty good day. Yeah, solid performance. I think from Alpha, this was a track where they weren't as good as compared to Saudi and Bahrain. Mm -hmm. um, but a great drive from Bottas to get the car back into the points because he was he qualified outside of uh, Q3 for the first time since he joined I know. Mercedes back in 2017. Matt. So that's crazy. Um, but yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a great result for him. And for Joe, this is very, very important to not do anything silly, just to keep on putting in the performances that you are doing. Okay, some races you're going to get points. Unfortunately, today, just missing out. Um, mm. And I think he just missed out in, or did he get points in Saudi? I think he just got a point in Saudi, didn't he, as well? Or did he yes. just miss out? Yeah, uh, yeah I, think he, I think he did. God, I can't even remember. I think Time he flies. might have nicked hey, it at the end Time or maybe flies, just, hey. just missed out. Um, but again, <laughs> okay, it would be frustrating for him that you've, you've just missed out on points, you know, yeah, when but... one more position. And, and when it was literally side by side on the last lap coming out uh, with Albon coming out of the pit lane there. But 
for him, this is really important. You know, he's getting the battles in, some great wheel-to-wheel action, some good overtakes, and, of course, getting to the end of the race. No silly mistakes, no rookie crashes, which we saw quite a bit from the rookies that came into the sport last season with Yuki Tsunoda, Nick Schumacher, of course, Mazepin as well. So with those guys, there was a lot of crashes, whereas Joe, mm. you know, I think those guys coming in last season, apart from Mazepin, were probably regarded higher than Joe coming yeah. into the sport. But Joe is doing a much better job in his rookie season. Three solid yeah. races at the start of the year. And he can be very, very proud of that. Absolutely. I, I do wonder how much him racing in the F2 um, with the 18-inch wheels last year has maybe helped understanding of that tyre as well. I, I think, you know, as a rookie coming in, you're going to lean on every little bit of, you know, experience mm-hmm. that you've got. And I, and I do think that would have helped. And yeah, I, I think uh, Jaguar News kind of, outperformed uh, my expectations. I, I do think, yeah, I, I completely agree. Like with the rookies last year, seemingly struggling so much. Um, it hasn't always been like that. You know, sometimes rookies come in and hit the ground running. And I think Joe's, you know, has, has he been a world beater? Is he beaten Bottas? No, but I mean, that would be, a, that would be far too high yeah. a standard to set. You know, if someone just coming in. Um, uh, yeah, I think he's done a great job as well. I'm going to give the head to head to Bottas, but I think, you know, shout out, Joey, um, Drip King as well. His, uh, Drip his fits King. are yeah, fine. Drip King, indeed. <laughs> okay, uh, Pierre, Pierre Gasly, Alpha Tauri, P9, and uh, Yuki Tsunoda down P15. So not a great race for Yuki. Yeah. Um, I think the head-to-head is, is clear one. Gasly. Um, but yeah, Alpha Tauri yeah. kind of not as competitive as I thought they would be in these first few races and not amazing. Gasly did well to get in the points, but... A bit of an eh weekend. Yeah, an edge of the points team, I'd say. And of course, with reliability and issues for other drivers, that's where you're going to gain. And that's where they have done today, getting back into the points. Although Gazi was running in the points early on and then the safety car hurt them Ooh, because they, they pitted. That's true, actually. Yeah. Just before the safety car, that's true. the safety car came out. Um, I don't know where Yuki was running because he actually gained positions on the start as well True. when he qualified. He qualified P13. So I think he was running just outside the points or just in the points. Yeah. So he was doing a good race. But then after that, uh, just a really quiet day from Yuki. I mean, I barely saw him. Mm. He was stuck in that big train yeah. of half a second between all those drivers. And I mean, maybe this is a mature Yuki Tsunoda than we've seen compared to the times when he would just maybe send it, have a few incidents, and then, mm. you know, ruin his race. Maybe he's been a lot more cautious. However, um, it's not really done him any favours today because he's only just beaten Latifi and Alonso who had to make the extra pit stop. Mm. So, um, yeah, a quiet day from Yuki. I think it's got to go to Gazi on this one. Yeah, it's got to go to Gazi, but exactly like you say, I think, you know, very unlucky. It'd have been inter- interesting to see if they hadn't, have mm-hmm. pitted at such an unfortunate time um what yeah. could have been but that's motorsport for you and uh yeah i, I like to think I, no i've been i've been more impressed with yuki this first like these first few races where he's mm-hmm. actually sitting in the race and how he's kind of qualifying he's had some bad luck as well bless him but um i think he'll be close to pierre by the end of the season i've got faith in the the yuki train <laughs> um let's talk about Haas. um we haven't talked about yep. them at all yet uh not a great weekend Mick P13, no. Kev P14 though. So Mick both out qualified and finished ahead of Kevin Magnussen, uh, which I think is big for Mick. So I'm giving him the head-to-head yep. victory for sure. 
definitely have to agree with you on that one. The Steiner ship, uh, there's a few holes or, or a hole in it at the moment. Um, a little bit of water is getting in, but uh, I don't think it will. I think it will be quite an easy fix. Just plug that up and they'll be ready to go Fine. again. A bit of gaffer tape, um, mate. Done. Yeah, a bit of gaffer. That flex tape, slap that on there, and then uh, it's fixed. It's all sorted. Someone needs to do the flex tape meme with the Steiner ship, and then the yeah, okay, yeah. and then like Imola, Imola upgrades, but, boom, straight, lovely. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a worry. They were very solid in the first two, and it. I didn't expect Australia to be so different mm. in terms of a track compared to the other two. I thought it'd be quite similar to Saudi as it's quite fast, but maybe it is a different kind of circuit. Maybe it's got more medium speed corners and maybe the hash just doesn't like it. So maybe when we go to Imola, it's uh, it's really only got one long straight and then that's it. So mm. it's a lot of corners. So potentially Haas can be back up into being a, or Magnussen yeah. putting it back into a midfield sort of area fighting for points again. So maybe it's just a track that didn't suit yeah, today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Mick Schumacher, this is great for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Magson came in, pulled his pants down a bit, and um, Mick's responded. So For sure. No, it, it's a good point because, yeah, I, Bahrain, I think, you know, Imola... I think he's going to be closer to Bahrain in terms of circuit characteristics. So yeah. you'd think for, for Haas. But um, also, I, I don't know if it was just me. I don't know if you felt the same. But I feel like when the feed was cutting two drivers having issues like locking up, I feel like them two, you know, seem to have quite mm -hmm. a few. I know Kev yeah. had a bit of an incident. Mick had a couple. Um, I don't know if that car's just still a bit tetchy. I'm not really yeah. sure. But that didn't inspire a huge yeah. amount of confidence either. It was definitely those two. And I don't know how good your memory is, but if you remember back to Bahrain, Magnussen had a lot of it. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. On a bit. The no, that was his first few. race. So um, I, 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 maybe maybe I explained it away with that, but actually maybe this car is just a little bit tricky as well. Yeah. Or on the brakes. Maybe it's uh, it likes to stick. Maybe. It likes to lock up the brakes a little bit. Maybe, maybe. But I, again, promising signs all in all for Haas. I, I agree. I think I think mm -hmm. they'll have a better better time of it in, in Imola. Um... Yeah, Aston Martin. Ah, uh, I, I mean, I mean, obviously, yeah, it has to be, it has to be Lance, but uh, I mean, does you it? You feel like you, you just don't want to give it to Lance? What do you mean? Uh, because of because that was such a bozo moment. I'm sorry on Saturday. Like, yeah, it's a bo <laughs> it's a bozo moment in the race. We haven't seen the proper footage, so we can't give a proper opinion on it. Right? Qualifying, qualifying. Vettel decided to crash in in FP3, as did Stroll. So both of them are. Even this is there what I mean. But it's like qualifying. I can't. What? What? There's, there's no positives. Moments, but at least, at least Stroll didn't crash it in the race. Stroll you know, finished the race too much. Stroll did finish the race, yeah, so he Stroll has to take it. Yeah, I agree. And was in P12 in the Aston Martin, no, true, which is true. last, and it's on the same true. pace as the Williams. <laughs> I say Williams and Aston Martin are evenly matched cars. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd, so, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. So yeah, Lance I mean, got it into twelve. Vettel got it into the wall. It's a quite, it's quite an easy decision. I mean, that. just because someone got a five second <laughs> time penalty does not mean it ruins the whole race weekend. <laughs> fine, Hayden. Fine. That, it, it's kind of, it's like a uh, someone you know got an F grade and then someone else got a U, and it's like. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the best. Hey, of... I got a lot of U's in my first year at A-levels, okay? And I was proud of them. Oh, why does that surprise me? my results. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all in all, weekend to forget for Aston Martin. Um, 
Yeah. It's a real like. It's like a year to forget at the moment. Yeah, to uh, to be honest, since they switched to the uh, well, no, it worked for them in 2020, and then mm-hmm. last year, not good. Uh, this year, really not good. Uh, yeah. Expectations. Well, this year they've had to build their own car, really, haven't they? Yeah, they last haven't... year they just kind of borrowed, copied the homework. And, but... <laughs> I mean, we both we both know that it's a long year plan. We, of course, we, it we've is. said it multiple times. Yeah, it's a five year plan. Their campus isn't even built yet. This is just like Hass's season last season. You've just mm-hmm. got to get to the end of it and yeah. then be like, look, I know this has been tough, guys, but it is going to get better. And if we finish last, we get that extra aero CFD time. So Exactly, for that new wind tunnel they're building. So it's, it yeah. is a thousand yeah. IQ yeah. plays. See, it's all planned. <laughs> no, no, to be fair, yeah, I, I, I didn't expect Aston to be right up there this year. I expected them to be kind of midfield and then gradually work their way up. Mm-hmm. But I didn't expect them to be, you know, plum last they are at the minute now with Albon picking up that point so yeah not great for Aston Martin but I am still hopeful long term it's just um yeah it's a it's a lot to ask it's not been again it's it there's been you know obviously Seb was super unlucky to 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 catch COVID miss miss a couple of races you know there's been a lot of incidents a lot of punts a lot of crashes into walls a lot of damage to the Mm -hmm. team like you say um with the cost cap now so not ideal in any way shape or form for Aston Martin but I think you know as the season goes on I think they said the same that Alpine did the car they're testing in the wind tunnel is like completely different so I'm fascinated to see what they actually deliver but well done Lance you you can take the double on this one but it's not not exactly (laughs) much to write home about um and then, last but not by no means least, it is Williams. Say it. Tell, tell me. Oh, I wonder who we're going to say pick for it, this one. I wonder who. Say it to me. <laughs> who is it, Hayden? Alexander Albon yes. is having Latifi's pants down, and he is literally with a paddle right now. It is a big exposure for the Canadian. Peggy 18. Jeez. Um, Peggy 18, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Albon, I mean, has come in and he's been unreal. And, you know, what took George three years to score a point in a Williams only took Albon three races. So maybe Albon deserves to be in that Mercedes seat. You know, oh, maybe don't, he don't, is don't the world start, driver don't champion start that, maybe. material <laughs> that, we, that, that you've known him to be. Uh, look, <laughs> or look, is Latifi actually just the worst driver we have seen on the grid since, what was that meme driver that got run over by the safety car? <laughs> Oh, t- t- <laughs> is he on his level? Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> oh my! No, so I, I think you know we've already talked about Alex. Great weekends, like clear, mm-hmm. brilliant, fantastic. Um, and, and I do think this. Yeah, we, we now have, you know, you've you've got Alex who's been out of the sport for a year. Um, you know, been keeping busy racing and got this mm-hmm. opportunity to come to Williams. And I think there was a lot of talk at the start of the season. You know, obviously I, I was very much like knowing what Alex has done, you know, great rookie season, terrible 2020 relative to Max. But, you know, I think there's a lot of context to that. Comes back into the sport. Yeah. I think I was yeah. always expecting him to be clear of Latifi. But I, I you know, I, I, I rate George above Alex. Um, but I wasn't expecting... It does beg a lot of questions for Latifi. I'm sorry, like it's, it's his yeah. third season at that team, um, which should be a, a positive because you understand that team, you're embedded. Um, you've got these new cars and he's had so many incidents and yeah. he's just been just been nowhere pace-wise. And there's no excuses. Like the, I think he has to kind of look at his performances and, yeah. and I'm sure he's not happy. It's... It's difficult to defend him. I mean, look, qualifying, right? Albon, 
20.1. Latifi, 21.3. How are you 1.3 seconds, 1.2 seconds slower than your teammates? That is... Latifi's clearly I know, struggling. I know they crashed, all right? He crashed out. So a lot that is more. his first lap. But still, there's a lot of issues with the, with the car. And I know people are saying there's clearly something wrong with the car because, you know, it snapped on him twice in Saudi. And, you know, it's not his fault. And it may, maybe they're just Max Verstappen fans because they love him for Abu Dhabi. But, you know, <laughs> I, there's there gets to a point where... Albon's not had those issues. The only the only no. sort of issue he's had is when him and Stroll came together in Saudi, and that wasn't that mm. wasn't a car issue. That was just you know a, a miscommunication by two drivers. So mm. at uh, what point do we start saying that Latifi needs to go? Because with the cost cap, money isn't necessarily an issue anymore. You know, there's Logan Sargent who uh, he's not having an amazing F two season at the moment, but there's still a long way left to go in the year. Potentially, yep. you know, looking at that seat. And other drivers it, as well, it, Oscar Piastri, so if Alpine want to loan him out. It's, it's very, very true. It's, it's one of them where, again, I, I don't necessarily think that, you know, I, I think Latifi's clearly not as comfortable in this car as he was in last year's car. I, I think Latifi's definitely taken a step back. And, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, you can understand that because, you know, it's all new hardware for everyone. Um, but even then, you, you, you look, and, and I was saying this before the start of the season, I was like, almost in some ways, Alex is more prepared for these new regulations than most drivers because he's been on that Red Bull sim, developing that car, like, day in, day out, seemingly. Yeah. Um, he's had this experience going in and racing in... Um, racing in DTM and you know it's almost like and I say the same about Kevin Magnussen with his kind of IMSA stuff it's like and, and Fernando with Le Mans it's like having that adaptability to, to to race different types of machinery I think when you've got a big regulation change where these cars are fundamentally completely different I think that is only going to help um, it's only going to add to your body of add to your portfolio almost of like of, of skills and adaptability mm-hmm. and yeah I think Alex has done a very good job he's come in and done a, a better job than expected and i think latif is kind of just stepped unfortunately in the other direction and you, yeah you, you're spot yeah. on cost cap you know th- that money uh, can williams find sponsors to, to plug that Safine? look yeah, i like I mean, latifi he's a nice it, it's nothing against him you know people you know oh you're hating on latifi no we're like criticizing bad performances because they've been clearly bad performances mm. and yeah it's been a shocking start to the season for him i hope he turns it around because you know he seems like a sound bloke but I mean, I've not seen anything to suggest, unfortunately. And Albon's definitely taken the double on this one. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, it's just an, it's just an easy win for Albon there. And if Latifi does end up leaving at the end of the season, Hayden gets to use his number six on the F1 game again, so he's happy. <laughs> Every cloud has a silver lining. Every well, cloud. Well, Hayden, I think we'll wrap it there, mate. It's been just over an hour. It's been yeah. fun. Um, thank you. It's, it's been nice to be back on. It's been a while, back. mate. Thank you. It's been lovely to be back from a hotel. Bring I was at a wedding last time. night. So, yeah. yeah, sorry. He's uh, he's at home. I've got to drive. I've got to check out in eighteen minutes. So um, I'll quickly wrap this up before I have to go. But yeah, thank you everyone uh, for listening, watching, wherever you are, however you're watching. Like, comment, stars, all that stuff. It helps uh, get the podcast out there. We really appreciate you giving us the time. Imola in two weeks. Looking forward to that. But yeah, thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you in the next one.